0: Host Melissa Rosenblum is one of only a few women certified by the Supreme Court of New Jersey as a criminal trial attorney. When you add kids, a booming law business, and a little black book full of subject matter experts, you've got the Mighty Merp Podcast. This Mighty Merp conversation features Michael Fedorko, who among other things is a former superintendent of the New Jersey State Police. 1993, you uh, served as New Jersey State Police when you were responsible for training?
1: Commandant, commandant at the State Police Academy.
0: And then in 95, you were promoted to major? Correct. 96, you were transferred to the administration section as major and held chief administrative officer of 4,000 members of New Jersey State Police.
1: Yes, correct.
0: Wow. There's more, but I'm going to let you tell it. Um, Actually, after, let's see, 97, you were promoted to Lieutenant Colonel and named Executive Officer of the New Jersey State Police. And then in 97, later that year in November, you were promoted to the position of Deputy Superintendent of New Jersey State Police. In 98, you were appointed acting superintendent by Governor Christine Todd Whitman. So you were overseeing the whole New Jersey State Police.
1: Yes, I did.
0: And then they forced you to retire?
1: Well, we have a mandatory retirement of 55, so.
0: 55, wow, that seems wrong. That's young.
1: It is young. It is young. And I'm surprised it hasn't been changed, but that's it's it's law, so. That's crazy.
0: So, I wanted to talk to you about leadership because it looks like throughout your whole career, you, whether you started knowing that you were going to be a leader from the beginning, it seems like in every job you had, you were a leader, is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, every time you get promoted, you're in a, you're in a leadership position, you know, starting off in small groups and then as you get promoted higher and higher, the groups get bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: So, but before we get into like really my my big questions about leadership, I'm going to ask you sort of what your origin story is. You know where where you're from and raised, and and my biggest question is going to start with uh, how old were you when you joined the Marines? And I know you were in Vietnam. Was that voluntary? Did you enlist? Were you drafted? Okay. How did that occur?
1: Okay. So you want me to start where I, I was born in Lakeland, Florida, um, during the end of the Second World War. I don't know where my father was because he would never talk about it, but my mother was living on, a, on, the, uh, on the Army Air Force base. And I was born in the Army Air Force Hospital in Lakeland, Florida, which I found out about 10 years ago, is now the Detroit Tigers training facility, spring training facility. So at the end of the war, we came back to Trenton. I grew up in Trenton and uh, went to schools in Trenton. And um, is that me, or is that you?
0: So you grew up in Trenton?
1: I grew up in Trenton. I went to school, high school in Trenton. Um, Went to college at the, it was then Trenton State, but now it's the College of New Jersey. Um, and I, that was when I was in the state police. I, I went to college. So,
0: But before you went, you served before you went oh, back did. to college.
1: I did. Um, I had a football scholarship to West Virginia University.
0: <laughs> that does make sense. I know it's a podcast and nobody can see what Mike Fedorko looks like. But he looks like a linebacker still. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the... Uh, my school closed at the end of my junior year, and the, I went to an all boys Catholic high school. And the priests were scattered all over the country, um, and they wanted they wanted films which I couldn't find anyway. They wanted to send me to a junior college, and by the time all this was over, um, the coach told me, "Well, I have to wait till next year." So I kind of I, I lost interest, to be honest with you. And I started working, and it was about that time that I decided I wanted to be a trooper.
0: And how old were you at that time? 18. You were 18 and knew you wanted to be a trooper. Yeah. And what year is this? Uh,
1: 1964. Okay. So I worked for three years uh, for the state, it was then called the highway department. It's now the department of transportation. And I took the state police test when I was 20 years old and I did not, I went through the whole testing process. I didn't get accepted because I, I had asthma as a kid. And when I went for my draft physical, they said, well, we'll classify you as one. Y, Which means you'll only get called in time of war or a national emergency. So I went to see the, uh, the uh, sergeant first class at the state police who was in HR, which you're allowed to do, and he said, listen, I can't tell you this, but if you go in the military, I think we'll take you. So I had a friend of mine whose name was Tony DeCesar. Uh I grew up with him, played football with him, and I told him what was going on. He said, well, I'm going to Paris Island in 20 days. He said, "Why don't we go together?" And I said, "Okay, good." So I went down and saw the recruiter, um, and he said, "Geez, I don't know if I can get you in or not." I said, "Well, you got 20 days. If you get me in, if you can get me in, I'll go." So we went on on the buddy plan, which which was a joke because the last time I saw Tony was when we were getting our haircuts. I didn't see him for the next 14 weeks, and he was in the he was in the the floor above me, the platoon above me. But anyway. So we graduated from paris island the same day while i was in paris island and i always thought this was kind of funny i got my draft notice from the army which was an interesting time the, the drill instructors had a lot of fun with that so um
0: so you were going to vietnam whether you whether you enlisted or not i guess uh
1: probably yeah. yeah 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 because i you know when i i went in and told my father that i was going in the marines he said he he said you know johnson just sent hundred thousand people to, to Vietnam, you know. That's probably where you're going to end up. And I said, Yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? This is my goal. I got to I got to do this because this is what I want to do. So,
0: so you served seven years in the military.
1: Six, well, six and a half. Yeah, six and a half.
0: And you were wounded in your second year.
1: I was wounded in my second year. Yeah, I was at a place called Caen, which is um, about a half a mile south of the DMZ. And uh, it was an interesting place to be, um, surrounded by mountains, and it was, there was a lot of stuff going on there all the time, so. And
0: you were discharged in 72 honorably, and then did you apply? Is that when you went to the state police?
1: No, I was in the reserves for a couple of years, and that's that's when I had taken the state police test. Um, I went into the academy in October of 1968, and graduated in uh, February of '69, and that's I started my state police career. There you go.
0: So all of this was to get to the state police, the end goal. All right. So, you know, in the end, all your, I mean, I know you were initially a trooper, you know, everyone starts off, right, as a trooper, but it seems like you promoted quickly through the ranks, at least when I'm reading, you know, your bio and your resume. So um, what do you think that was, is that something about you specifically, or is there like a way to follow a certain plan to be able to be promoted like that in the state police uh,
1: i think for the most part it's it's well i mean you do a good job and and people notice you but a lot of times it was because somebody somebody retired or resigned or something like that uh but yeah i mean i got promoted to, to sergeant um because a trooper that i was working with who who had rank left he retired um so I got promoted. That was the first that's the biggest jump because there's such a big pool to to promote from.
0: So you're saying it's hard work and a little bit of luck.
1: Yeah, very hard work. Yeah you know all the jobs that I've had in the state police and at the Port Authority they're they're not eight hour a day jobs and I think I think I you know I realized that that if I wanted to get ahead you, you have to, you have to put time in. I mean, working for governors, governors work 12, 14, 16 hours a day sometimes. So, you know, that's you did, have to do it. Did you
0: apply for that position or were you asked to be in that position? How do you uh, get assigned to the Executive Protection Bureau if someone was interested?
1: Um, you put in for it, you have to be interviewed, and you get picked for it.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned. There is more to come. Mighty Merp is available on iTunes, Spotify, and all your favorite apps and players. But the best way to experience the show is to visit MightyMurp.com. That's MightyMerp.com. Mighty Merp is a production of the Law Office of Melissa Rosenblum and the Niche Podcast Network.